operational. Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of The Usual Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Will. What's up, bro? How you doing? I don't know why you give me that look. I am the proper gentleman on how we start these shows always. Yeah, yeah. You're always just just the best. Uh, so we also have a guest with us tonight. We have our friend Dan, who just went to see Infinity War with us. And we are going to talk about that very, very soon. But we just want to introduce him and say, what's up? Say, what's up, dude? How you doing? Hey, guys. Yeah. So long, long time fan. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah, we're drinking beers. What are we drinking? What are you drinking? Well, uh, I just had a really unflavorful. Oh, it was lovely. Extra spicy Cuddy Sark shot. Something about a goose. Spicy? It felt felt spicy. Felt spicy. Uh, well, here we are. All right, so we did have a shot. Uh, some of us had a shot in the movie theater. Me and me and Dan over here. Up top. Uh, up top. And then we also have uh, Fog Cutter from Lost Coast Brewing Company, which we're in Bibing right now as well. And it should be a pretty short show, but, you know, we're going to drink beers and have a good time, and we're glad to have a guest. So, here Absolutely. we are. So, we have, yeah, thanks for being here, man. And it's been a long time coming. You actually went to the movies with us the last couple times, but... Well, it seems like every time I have an actual chance to come in, uh, join you guys, it's uh, it's after a movie that I know practically nothing about, <laughs> and all the Star Wars movies I seem to miss, so... Yeah, true. It should be fun. Well, and we have Han Solo coming up, and what else we got? Uh, Ant Man the Wasp. We've got a couple good ones. Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, Deadpool. Always. Oh, I'm really Jurassic looking forward World. to Deadpool. So yeah, we got some good ones. I don't know if we're gonna do reaction shows to all of them, but this will be technically a reaction show. But we do have a couple pieces of news we're gonna cover in all our normal sections. So we'll get to that in just a second. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at usualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest. Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. I am on Twitter at Darth Pops, and Will is at I'm Will Griggs. And we're on iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play, and all your favorite podcatchers. So find us, like us, share us, and tell your friends. Uh, we have some ways to support the show. Obviously, you can become a patron, which we'll talk about our drinking buddies in a second. But you can go to teespring.com slash store slash usual podcast. We've got some merch up there and uh, all that kind of stuff. And yep. we'll talk about some other stuff towards the end of the show. Timestamps in the show notes if you're not a Swotor fan, but again, we're going to spend about, I don't know, maybe a minute or yeah, two in Swotor. <laughs> so I wouldn't jump around. I don't even know if I'm going to do timestamps. This is a reaction show, so we're just going to keep going. And um, thanks to everybody who is in the chat room. And here we are, Drinking Buddies. Drinking Buddies. Let's get to it. So, dude, um, I'm not even going to play the bumper for Swotor because, again, this is more of a reaction show. But I want to give a, highlight, uh, a shout out to Eddie. Who actually went to the movie with us tonight. He did. And sadly, he elected not to come back home with us and record Soccer. a reaction. Well, it's okay. I'm not going to hold it against him. He's supported the show for a real long time. Absolutely. So big shout out to Eddie and, of course, John Skeen. Yep. Uh, hero of my life, John Skeen. Absolutely. Sometimes a uh, substitute on our show and yes. awesome dude all around. Sends, a, sends us beer. Which is great. He does. Anybody that sends me beer is um, a special human person. That was weird. Why? Because you're weird. Thanks. All right. So, Swotor, dude. The only thing I want to talk about Swotor-wise this week is um, 
we really, really we haven't missed out on any news. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and really, what it comes down to is Eric Musco, who is the front, the I don't know, I guess the face of Swotor for the community. Uh, he is taking a few weeks off. Yes. And this is one because it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Eric Musco. Uh, I would sing if it didn't cost us money. It's not going to cost money. It's it's a uh, common uh, what it you call it now. Common. Yeah, it is. No. Nope. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. They do it all the time. It's not. Everybody sings happy birthday all the time now. Why do you think when we worked at Applebee's we had to go happy, happy birthday? No, I know, Applebee's. dude. But it's... it's. <sighs> it is not in the public domain. It is now. I promise you. I am looking uh, They up. do it on Hollywood Babylon all the time. I am looking this up. I, you can change the lyrics to Sapo Verde, which means green frog. Well, here we yeah, are. Sapo Verde to you. Yeah, green frog. They don't sing happy Eric birthday on Hollywood Babylon. They sing... They do. I promise David you do. David oh. Anyway... I need. I'm looking for a new podcast partner, and doesn't understand that we can say happy birthday now. Anyway, I just want to say happy birthday, Eric Musco. Also, even bigger than uh, that is he's getting married. Very big. Yeah, and he's getting married. He's taking a little time off, so I want to give a big uh, shout out to Eric Musco, who is the community manager for the game we've been playing for over six years, and uh, we love Eric. I met him a bunch of times. He's an awesome guy. Congrats! I've been married for a bit uh, myself. Best years. of luck, my friend. I, I will actually admit that I am wrong. Yeah, I know. And that Marshall is right for yeah. once and that yeah. mm-hmm. it went into the public domain in June of two thousand sixteen. I feel like you guys should have like a horn or something you could like you could like yeah. like every like, time that happens. Bow, 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 something. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> it's the Marshall's right horn. <laughs> God. I would love that. Well <laughs> this is why we should have Dan more often. Well he's got my back. It's been three years and this will be the first time we played it. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, Swotor wise, have you played the game at all this week? Uh, I just did a, some heroics and and did some uh, general maintenance. Yeah, I haven't done much either. Um, I'm waiting. No. Oh, here we I go. actually played uh, the uh, Eternal Championship, and I still have not been able to beat it. <laughs> yeah, it came out like four years ago. Uh, no, like Scared, a year and a half. Like but no, still, I, for some reason, I cannot beat it. It's fine. I'll Even with you. a level fifty companion. I think you're just doing it wrong. I am doing it. You know me. I'm, <laughs> Hello, I'm horrible at mechanics. Here's the thing. Once people hear this, they're going to be like, bro, are you doing this, this, and this? And then... I still have only completed half the Star Fortresses. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to move past that, and we're going to go into Star Wars. And the big, big news of the day, and I think we're very current right now, dude. I feel like these last two... We're going to talk about two Star Wars stories, and I'm glad Dan is here because he is a, a, a big Star Wars fan as well. And we have two stories. The first one um, is Star Wars 9 is casting a major Legends Expanded Universe character. And the codename right now is Mara. Uh, hello. Well, obviously, if you're a fan of the Expanded Universe, we're talking Mara Jade. Hopefully. I don't know where that fits in with Episode 9. I have a theory, but Will's not a fan. Will's not a fan of my theory. I'm not. Go ahead and tell him your theory. So my theory is this. Uh, damn, I get my back. I don't know. But, um, my theory is if JJ's coming in now with episode nine, we have Ray's parentage sort of left, I don't know, not ambiguous, but just open-ended a bit because they might be nobody, but they could be somebody. Doesn't matter. Whatever. The point is, the point is, I don't think it matters with Ray, but really Mara Jade in the expanded universe is Luke Skywalker's wife at some point. And they have a kid named Ben in the expanded universe, and that's a thing. 
So, in the current canon, we have Ben, who is Kylo Ren, and we have Rey, right? We have, obviously, there's a connection between Luke and Rey and all the other Force users. I don't know what that means, but I like to think that maybe, maybe, JJ is going to relive, or not relive, but bring back his idea of what uh, he wanted Rey's parentage and to be. And here's why I'm hoping they don't do that. No, I don't want them to do it. Is because... They've already made it a MacGuffin. Yeah. That it's it's just there and it's it was like misdirection mm. and all of a sudden, okay, no, it doesn't really matter. Now if they go back to it and say, Now it's a MacGuffin's MacGuffin, and it's like, no, and it just means that you they can't don't have, MacGuffin a MacGuffin? It just means that they don't have their shit together. Well But, but you know that it, but you but you know that there's more to the story than just being sold for drinking money. No, I know that, but I, I think it was it was brilliant that they made it so it was nobody. Okay, what if this? What if Mara Jade has no relation, no interaction with Luke Skywalker at all? What if Mara Jade is actually Ray's mom, and that's and we get another story there, right? And although she's not connected to the expanded universe, Mara Jade is a person, and it would be really nice actually if they went with. I like the her story. Her her origin story is that she was the hand of the Emperor, right? Right. So what if? That was still a thing. Okay. And maybe she's Ray's mom. Okay. This is or where, aunt no, or something. Th- no, actually, this is where I'm going with it. Okay. I think it can wrap it all up and make Mara Jade the current Kenobi character. Okay. What if she was the hand of the Emperor, but in the story we're going to have coming up, in the new Resistance cartoon, that's when Luke recruits her away from the Emperor to his academy. All right. When the Knights of Ren, because how how old is I mean, Ray was left on Jakku when she was like what seven or eight. That's what it looks like. She was. Uh, like, I think she's a little younger now. Okay, so say six. Okay. We're assuming that she's about eighteen, right at the beginning. It's just like Luke yeah, was eighteen, nineteen, sure. And and Kylo's looking mid twenties, right? Sure. Okay, so he's about eight or nine years older than she is. What if when the Knights of Ren usurped Luke and brought down the Academy? Luke entrusted this other youngling, Ray, who was sold for drinking money at one point, All right. but went to the academy. She does not remember it. He wiped wiped her mind or whatever. Sure. And sent her with Mara to Jakku on the Millennium Falcon, and that's how all that crap ended up on Jakku. Yeah, no, and I don't know. I like what you're saying. I just don't like all of it. I, I honestly think that well, I like the the Jakku part. The, I I actually do like that. I like I like that there has to be a connection between the two of them, and there has to be a reason she ended up on Jakku in the first right. place. There has to be a reason the Falcon got there in the first place. Right. Um. I don't know. I. I mean, obviously, that's not. I mean, I just thought it's not really well thought out. Sure, sure, sure. But Neither was my that's theory. A decent, <laughs> it's a decent framework of what could possibly yeah. be fleshed out. I just I I like the idea of so we have we have Finn. Right, who right. was a stormtrooper. I like that if, if JJ decides to go Janitor. with what? Janitor. Janitor, yeah. So if 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 JJ goes with the kind of uh with the Emperor's hand thing, right? Or a high up Imperial right. fall another fallen Imperial, right? right. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it totally makes sense. And and her having something to do with the resistance, I think that would be kind of cool. I don't know what that looks like. Um I would like it to be connected to Ray sort of in some way, shape, or form. But it doesn't have to be, considering they're going to be done with the Skywalker and all this storyline after 9 anyway. 
Um, I feel like JJ has a plan, but we'll see. Any, any thoughts, Dan? Well, the only thing I was thinking when you just brought that theory up was the reaction Luke had when Ray found her, found him, and he would have that would have been, I, I think, uh, the the re- response that he, I mean, now that but now that I think back on it, the response that he gave her upon finding him wasn't actually that surprised. Right. I mean, it was kind of like. I mean, bothered, but it wasn't like right. And if he shocked. did, so, if he did wipe her mind or whatever, regardless of whatever, but it wasn't familiar. Though. That was the other thing. If he had wiped her mind, right, he wouldn't have had to play into the fact that that you know that this was the first meeting because he would be confident that she wouldn't remember the. But well, except he, so for he, he wouldn't have it so far open like his emotions. Like okay, I don't have to hide this. He would definitely <laughs> subdue it because he would know that as a force user, she would pick up on this. I don't know, man. I honestly think there was a little bit more of a. I I, I like to think that Luke knew of her. I like to think it's before like a, she a, showed up. Oh, I, it's oh, a yeah. it's a hidden sister of Aunt Beru. That's what I like. <laughs> that's what I like to think. But what I'm, but I mean, and again, and this goes, everybody doesn't have to be connected. And I, actually, that was one of the things I liked about episode eight was that they didn't make a point of saying her parents are this big thing and it's a big deal. Right. It's like, no, your parents are shit and this is it. And, and this is how you're going to move right. on now. And that's why I, the, my, my idea is it just shows that the force can come from anywhere. Exactly. Because we got broom boy too. Exactly. Right. It just reinforces that concept. Right. Uh, all right. So any other thoughts? Are we good? No, I'm good. All right. Let's go to our last star Wars story. Really quick reminder for Dan here. This is an audio medium. (laughs) What is that supposed to mean? No nodding to yes or no. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. You can hear that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can hear us nodding. And those of you turn- going past the microphone. Like- <laughs> um, all right. So if we get a bunch of people in the chat room, I will probably have you get in a camera just for fun. But um, so the last thing here, and this is from officially starwars.com actually announced t- today. Uh, and we're recording this on the 26th of April. Uh, this is the announcement finally of the next animated uh series the filoni project yeah and so uh, i'll just read the announcement starwars.com is thrilled to announce the, that production has begun on star wars resistance an exciting new animated feature uh, adventure excuse me a series about uh kenzuda Xano, a young pilot recruited by the resistance and tasked with a top secret mission to spy uh, on the growing threat of the uh, of the first order it will premiere this fall on disney channel in the U.S. and thereafter on Disney XD and around the world, uh, and this says featuring high-flying adventure that will that audiences of all ages have come to expect from Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars Resistance, set in the time prior to The Force Awakens, will feature the beloved droid BB-8 alongside Ace pilots, um, colorful new characters, and appearances by fan favorites including Poe Dameron, Captain Phasma, uh, voiced by Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Christie, respectively. Um, and obviously, we know Dave Filoni created it, and they go into the creation. So right. there's there's a couple of quotes here from Filoni, but I'm just curious what you guys think. Is this the direction you thought they were going to go? I mean, um, you and I obviously yeah. have watched Rebels. I don't know if you have, but, you know. Yeah, well, regardless of the content, it's the time period I thought they would go into because we, we said that we eventually wanted them to hopefully bring Ahsoka, Sabine, and, and uh, Ezra right. back into the modern trilogy somehow, and this might be the way to do it. True, true, true. I, I think it. I mean, it seems inevitable. 
They had to after you know going back to the first animated series they did after Attack of the Clones, which was awesome, you know, and right. um, then all the subsequent uh, series they had after that. I mean, it just makes sense they'd go into this, you know. And uh, I'd like to, I, I'm actually wondering what you guys think of the time frame on the, the, uh, seeing the first full feature uh, full featured Star Wars animated movie. Yeah, well. <sighs> I mean, they're gonna bring it together. I mean, they could. Well, and and if they're if they're gonna do what they've always done, um, well, I don't I don't want to say what they've always done, but with the Clone Wars and with Rebels, they did like sort of a hour long movie to right. to kick it off. Um, Spark I'm, of Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm actually pretty and 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 I'm with you, Dan. I'm curious to see if they're gonna do sort of how I, I want to know how closely they're gonna put it to Force Awakens. If I'm being honest, because how how young are we talking? When, and, when and Clone Wars came out, the fir- the very first rendition of that animated series, I loved it. Uh, to me, that was as badass as the movie should have been. It was good. I, mean, I I really liked it too. And I mean that that was when I saw that I was like, okay, this makes up for you know some of the the, the <laughs> more tame parts of the movie that I thought could be a little more badass. And I actually didn't get as far into the Clone Wars as I would have liked. And people that listen to the show know I I didn't get much further past the second season, but excuse me, but I'm very curious to see what they're going to do. Is it okay? Here's my fear. My fear is that they're going to do kind of what they did with the comics and they're going to kind of retcon stuff as they go. Okay. And, and, and that's kind of my, that's my fear. But I, my hope is that they're going to do more, um, backstory of Phasma. And stuff like that to more flesh out what we saw in episode, I guess seven and eight. Right. No. What I you know what I'm saying. What I see them doing is well, I don't see not what I see them doing. Um. What What's really going to clarify in time frame is is Poe going to be a contemporary of this pilot, hotshot pilot that they're supposed to be introducing, or is he going to be a mentor to that pilot? Right. Yeah. If it's a mentor, it's closer to the Force Awakens. If he's a contemporary, it's going to be a good ten years earlier. Right. And and they have, I mean, well, they have a roughly thirty years to play with. Yeah. And it shows some of the training of Finn, why and, he was different as you know why he had a heart. Well, and depending on how far they go back and what what they do determines how close to Rebels they are too. Right. Well, they're easily going to be able to pull into, uh, you know, well, the, not rebels, the, I guess, but you know, well, the I mean. Phasma book that they're going to be able right, to right. pull in. They're going to be able to pull in the uh, the aftermath books. You know, yeah. they can tie in with any of these. There you. Go. All right. Well, um, we'll just we'll we'll report on that as it develops. Uh, I'm excited. I love the animated stuff. That's the thing. That's the kind of stuff. That's the stuff I watch with my kids. Yeah. I mean, if they're smart, they're going to also pull in the Galaxy's Edge planet. Oh, for sure. They're going to have to. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Uh, let's let's do what we what we set out to do. Twenty five minutes later, uh, let's talk about the freaking movie we saw tonight. So if you're if you're in the chat room, know this is our reaction show to uh, Marvel's uh, Infinity War, Avengers: Infinity War, right? And we are going to talk the poop out of that. We're gonna spoil the heck out of it, and we're gonna have hella spoilers. It's in the show thing, so uh, this is your warning. All right. Where do we want to start? 
Uh, first off, I, I the, the let's just the logos, the intro logo. I love that they actually in Marvel Studios they made the I O and Studios a ten because it's the tenth anniversary. Oh, so, interesting. Okay, yeah, they made it a red ten. So right. I like that. Cool, cool. I'm guessing we're also going to get that in uh, Ant Man, which is later this year. So nice. Uh, all right, so let's let's just talk about the movie. So we got honestly, so a lot of times what we he and I usually do is we kind of will say the things we like, things we didn't like, stuff like that. Um, let's kind of start at the beginning of the film. Okay. Uh, we have, obviously it's in, and I think it's safe to say there are three kind of storylines story going lines, on. Yeah. Okay. We've got the guardians, right? Let's call them space, New York and Wakanda. Okay. So we've, yeah. So we've got Wakanda. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's start with the guardians stuff. And I'm a big guardians of the galaxy guy. Uh, I love those movies. Uh, I think they did a pretty good job with the characters personally. Um, obviously, they couldn't. I honestly felt like they had a bigger role than I thought they would in this one. Right. Um, well, they, you know, you, you kind of had. They were kind of like the connective tissue. True. Because they connected Thor to. Um, well, they literally brought. Right. But they also connected to, to Stark. And they, right. Yeah. So, they, yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, thoughts on the Guardians? Anything else on Guardians? Uh, I like that they didn't go overkill on their music. They yeah. played one song, yeah. the Rubber Band Man, right. which is a great song. Yeah. Um, and they had him singing in the beginning. Especially it was like, the, oh yeah, these guys are funky. Yeah. Exactly. And that and that was honestly uh, kind of a bummer for me. Only in that that's why I love the Guardians is because of the music, but. It's not a Guardians movie, exactly. And they, they put the they, as you said, they they had a for myself, they had a much bigger role than I expected too. Just yeah, because of the teaser trailers, they, you know, it's like you expect them just kind of like you know make an appearance, but they they did so without really uh, moving the Guardians uh, story along really far either. You know, they they kind of like kept them where you you know where you last saw them, like group. Was a little bit older, you know. He- yeah, well, I mean, Guardians obviously had. I mean, yeah. I think obviously had to have a bigger role just because of Gamora's connection to Thanos, right? And and I like that. Yeah, they, I mean, they sorry, sorry, they basically play the the role of the narrator. Yeah, they tied it in really well, and it does make sense. You're right, because Gamora and and uh, Nebula obviously have a massive connection to Thanos, so they had to be a bigger part of this. But they weren't like they weren't the heroes of the piece. They were more like you said, the connective tissue. But I, what I like is that. Um, they, it was obvious that it was a couple years after we saw them last because Groot's a little older, like you said. Quill's a little heavier, and Quill's a little yeah. But all of that said, they um, it's almost like you get the impression that this is like an episode of their lives. Oh yeah, and they're gonna move on past this because we know. I mean, and, and we know there's gonna be a Guardians three. Right. right. Well, I mean, it, it it shows it's just an episode of their lives that I mean, it's a very monumental episode. Obviously. No, no, but they have but it's because, a lot going on. Well, their and, yeah. their introduction also is that they're just answering a distress call. Yeah, and it's like, all right, we're doing our thing. Don't Should we rob them after? Like, Here <laughs> like we a, go again. Yeah, and and that's why I like I like those guys because I, I'm a big antihero kind of guy, and and that group is the epitome of what it means to be an antihero. They're debating on the way to the distress call, like. Well, I mean, if we're going to rob them while we're there, I don't remember, or take their ship or whatever they right, were saying. I don't ship. remember. But um, anyway, so the Guardians uh, plotline was cool. So what do we think about what they did with the New York characters? So let's talk about that. Um, I liked it that it was just when it, 
okay, the introduction of all the characters, it was just like it was an everyday sort of day. Yeah. The Guardians were just about to go do a distress call. Uh, Wong and and uh, Strange were arguing about getting money for food. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Stark and Pepper were off on a jog in the park. <laughs> Yeah, um, I like the I like what they I like what they did with Strange. Freaking, freaking Peter Parker was on a field, a field trip, <laughs> so, and and when he shows up, he's like, "I was on a field trip," and then this happened, and I well, was like, <laughs> "And that was one of my favorite things." Is like, you you get one line or two lines from his best friend, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't need any explanation. Peter says, "Cause a distraction." He doesn't ask why. He doesn't say. He jumps yeah. up and says, "We're all gonna die." <laughs> I love awesome. that. I love that guy too. Just in the Spider-Man movie, though, just how, oh, yeah. like how yeah. awesome it is for him just to be part of it. Yeah, he's like, he's like I'm going to well, do I, my part. I get, to, I, I get to, I get to do something. I get to be part <laughs> right. of it. Like he's, he's, he's all, all, all going to die. Like, that was he great. is to Peter's <laughs> world what Peter is to the Avengers. Exactly. And um, there was a, really a lot of nods to a lot of the other movies uh, or a lot of the other storylines. Obviously, with uh, Peter Parker wanting to be part of the Avengers. At some point, he's like, yeah, you're part of the Avengers now. Okay, let's move on. Exactly. And um, little and, subtle things. Yeah, we, we talked about this about specifically about that scene and how we, that was one of the few times you got an Avengers cue right. in the music. And uh, Alan Silvestri did the music for this. Again, a, a brilliant um, uh, composer. Composer, um, Because he did uh, the Back to the Future music. He did right. Forrest Gump. He did um, Ready Player One. Right, and, we're, and what Will's referring to is off mic before even Dan got here. We were, I was, I I had noticed, and I don't know if I point out to you, maybe it was Eddie, but uh, there were only two songs on the on the billing at the end. Yes, and, I noticed that, and I thought that was really interesting, and and part of it had to do with the Guardians song that right. they played, but but it wasn't about there wasn't memorable music moments. It was no. more like it was the, just, it was subtle cues throughout the movie. It's like. The main theme, like, right? They played through, but they played the Avengers theme. I don't think as much as they could have. Right. Uh, there was the moment well, where Thor kinda, comes in with the lightning, hit, yeah, and they kind of hit it over the head with you in Ultron. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, this one's just much more subtle. Exactly. Which shows yeah. that it's just it's a shift in the universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and going back to the, uh, the 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 part where they were all just kind of in their ordinary lives and sort of got brought into it, which I think I agree with was was cool to see. But I will say um, there, w- there was a a bit of sort of um, it for me it kind of made it a, a little fraction uh, or, or uh, disjointed a little bit, you know, because you had to bring all like they're all doing such separate different things, and and then the way they come together wasn't quite as smooth or, or, or seamless. I mean, it's I felt like there was a lot of time spent on on why they were you know how they kind of came together and sort of like each bringing their you know kind of their their either resistance or enthusiasm to the project whatever it was but i I feel like that was maybe just for me a one point where it was a little bit um you know just 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 sort of just kind of a rocky yeah well i think the problem there is that everybody was in such different uh places when this movie takes place and so from outer space to on a school bus yeah so it's like how do we connect everybody and how do we jump seamlessly and yeah there were moments where i was like oh okay that's a little okay now i get it but if and that's i think the issue with at this point the way marvel's doing things and 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 i'm not going to slight them because they're doing a good job but and they're, they're they're making great films but i think the problem is you could not come into this film really not knowing 
not have not having seen at least Guardians of the Galaxy and the other Avengers movies, and probably even well, Civil War. Definitely, uh, you would have definitely have to seen Civil War, and you definitely would have Spider-Man. seen Black Panther and Homecoming. I mean, you really couldn't come into this movie no. without having seen what and not just seen almost them, but ten like, other really movies. Well, exactly. Well, and that's yeah. kind of the point. Um, and to no, kind of, I get to that. Kind of fight I get back that. against that. Um, what I think they did do well is because you're introducing like 67 different speaking roles here. Right. Um, you didn't have one character introduced at a time at any point. There were groups. There were groups. When um, when Captain America showed up, all the Secret Avengers showed up. It was right. Captain. It was uh, Falcon. It was and Black uh, Widow. Black and, Widow. And, yeah. and Some Vision. of them had just were meeting each other for the first time as well. Exactly. But when you saw Strange, you saw Wong. Yeah. When you saw which I loved. Uh, yeah, Wong's yeah. great. Oh yeah, Wong. Wong. I great. love that character. <laughs> but when you saw, you know, Black Panther, you saw Winter Soldier. Yeah, saw, exactly. They were all introduced in in little clusters because they had it. The one thing that I thought did make it disjointed is this is the first Marvel movie I've ever seen where they actually used location cards yeah oh, well yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like did they do it in age yeah, of ultron like in the, in guardians of the galaxy, so. introducing the guardians it was just space yeah, yeah. well which i thought was hilarious but it also said only only in that in guardians of the galaxy they did they did put cards up in guardians of the galaxy because they put nowhere i remember and and xandar and stuff like that but when it was hilarious when when the guardians were first introduced it was all space, space. <laughs> it's like of course Right. I guess I'm going to see the Guardians. Cue so, the music. yeah. Um, but I, I'm with you, man. Um, I just they, thought it was a little weird. Yeah, and they had to do that because we have all these things kind of uh, coming together. You whiplash if they hadn't used it. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like in Black Panther, all you really had was Oakland and Wakanda. Right, right. That's about it. So let's talk about. Um, we talked about most of the uh, main characters. Let's talk about villains for a minute because I. We talked in the car, I think, about the um, henchmen the for henchmen. Thanos. Yes. Um, and then we need to talk about Thanos as well. So, obviously, we knew Thanos was coming. We knew he was um, obviously the big bad. And his his whole thing, his driving force is obviously the Infinity right. Stones. Um, I want to come back to him real quick. Let's talk about the henchmen real quick. Because I, I think you had a pretty good, pretty cool thing in the car. But I don't remember. Um, yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I just loved Ma. Ma was great. Yeah. Um, and that was the female. No, um, Ma was the the, why do I keep thinking the, the telekinetic. A... Oh yeah, who was torturing Stephen Strange, who got and, aliened out the ship. And I'll tell you what was cool about that too was the fact that, uh, um, how was it? Uh, Thor keeps saying they're wizards, they're wizards, right? And like, so there are wizards, but then Homeboy's a wizard too. Exactly. And so like, there's magic, and they're fighting with magic. I thought that was really cool in a sci-fi film. I just, I just thought it was neat. Yeah, exactly. They uh, um, it, it really started bringing in the um, the mysticism. mysticism. Yeah, the mysticism. Of well, it. That's why you know, I, I, uh, Doctor Strange is one of my favorite Marvel movies of recent. You know, um, because for for that for that you know for that because it, it it it's it's all about mysticism and sort of like this kind of like supernatural like mental. Like like parallel universe thing. It's not it's not like Tony Stark and all of his it's you know tech. amazing technology, yeah. and it's not like Peter Parker with his weird radioactive like freak action. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just like it's like well, you know, it's like Razor's Edge kind of stuff. Yeah. And well, speaking of one of my favorite moments is where he's sitting cross legged and he's like, does he always do that? And he's like, 
twitching right because he's going through all the and he's going through all of the different uh 14 million features and he's like 14 and a half million different 605 i think yeah something like that and and they're like well do we win any and he's like yeah one one never tell me the odds and that's definitely right exactly that's definitely referenced later i want to talk about uh dr strange here for a second because he's obviously sorcerer supreme at this point yeah for sure and this was actually full command up, of his power. Right. Well, this, that, is, yeah. this is actually brought up uh, in Singapore just last couple weeks ago. I think it was last week um, when they were introducing a whole bunch of stuff and everyone was on stage and they introduced um, Benedict Cumberbatch and they introduced him as the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, that's sick. And that's not necessarily just calling him because that's what he's in the comics. They Marvel wouldn't do that if he isn't the Sorcerer Supreme now. No, for sure. And so what um, I read an article uh, on it and, uh, and I'll put it in the, in the newsletter this week, but. What I what it really referenced was that he is the Sorcerer Supreme now, and that Doctor Strange two could actually take place before this movie. Interesting, and it'll show okay. how he becomes Doctor or uh, the Ultimate Sorcerer Supreme. And what I really liked about his Sorcerer Supreme powers is, first of all, the where he turned into the multiple versions of yeah, that was sick, was awesome. But you also saw him use what he used on the big bads in um, the Doctor Strange movie, the Mirror Verse, the the. Uh, uh, the prism sort of thing. Right. Thanos just took it and and just yeah yeah. Um. All right. So let's let's not lose sight of this. Uh. Villain. Let's stay on the villains real quick. The, so we've got girl was fantastic. Yeah, she was good. Um, giant dude was awesome. Yep. And I liked. Um. And this would kind of bridge between um one of the hero conversations that you and I actually were talking about. Um. And I'm pointing at Dan Audio Medium. Um. When we were talking about uh um. Bruce Banner being in the Hulkbuster outfit. And it was Bruce and not Hulk. And not Hulk. And so that whole thing, I actually had a little bit of an issue with that, and we'll talk about that later. But but what I wanted to bring up with that is the fact that he's using this Hulkbuster armor, right? But he's fighting these massive henchmen of Thanos. And I thought that was... Well, even stepping back a st- step or two before that, the, 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 the sort of comedy you know, uh, air of comedies that led him to being in that sort of this, like, sort of like innuendo of like how he was trying to, trying to like get it up, you know, yeah. you know, it's like why he was in there in the first place and not, right. not the Hulk. He's, he's like, he's like, ah, come on. Like, he's like, well, man. and we might as well, and we might as well talk about it now. You're right. And that was the issue is that they did ultimately in this movie, they did a really good job. And Marvel is actually pretty good about this is balancing the power imbalances obviously if hulk was part of any of those battles there'd be an imbalance if scarlet witch and they actually make a joke about it towards the end why was she why was she here before yeah, yeah. like why was she up there the whole time right um and, very OP. yeah she's and that's the issue there is definitely a power imbalance with people like the hulk and scarlet witch and vision even so with vision it makes sense they have to incapacitate him in order to get the stone that's the side. So Scarlet Witch is there with him. And then you have Hulk who can't seem to get Hulk. He's having an internal battle with the Hulk, well, what I love but we don't know anything about it. Right. Well, actually, what I love about it is that the Hulk is driven by anger. Yeah. Right? But the Hulk is clearly afraid right. of Thanos after oh, what God. happens to him with uh, with Loki. Right. Okay. And so that's, I mean, every time that he tries to bring Hulk out, Hulk starts screaming no. But also remember this. In Ragnarok, Hulk was the dominant one. Yes. He was living the life he wanted to live. Everything was great for the Hulk. 
And now he doesn't have any of that. And so he's being a little, he's throwing a tantrum, honestly. I mean, that's, that's how I interpret it. He's having a tantrum and he's like, you need me, F you. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, I think that's, I think that's a really interesting way of dealing with the power imbalances, right? Right. Um, but going back to the villains, the giant dude, um, was a force to be reckoned with. And, and the henchmen of Thanos were pretty, pretty badass. And I, I actually, and I was telling you in the car, I would actually really have liked a little bit more about where they kind of came from well, you know, and that kind of well, thing. Well, you know, but, in the you know. comics, I mean, I, I don't know them well enough in the comics, but you know that in wh- whatever comics that they've appeared in, they aren't just henchmen of Thanos. you got to know that they're the big bad of that comic. Oh, sure. For sure. For yeah, sure. very much like how um, uh, the Lee Pace character was in uh, the first Guardians movie. Right. Um, God, what's his name? Wait, the Ravager. Uh, oh yeah yeah the blue guy yeah i know you're talking about okay i have two questions for you oh for me for for both of you guys nifty your favorite cameo okay and your favorite joke well by default i like stan lee's cameo but i feel like that's this would be considered a cameo but I, 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 and this could also be influenced by the fact that I just got back from Disneyland too, and, and did the <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy ride. But I love the Collector. Oh uh, 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 yeah, and good a, one. The Collector is good. I mine. Yeah, there. Mine was either Peter Dinklage, as and the, Peter Dinklage, yes, as the Thank Forge you. Elf, and, yeah. and I love or how, the Forge Dwarf, and, and just and just also I love how they made him like a giant. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's like, well, a giant, but they still called him a but dwarf. It was. A, it's like. But he was very large. They he call him big... dwarfs because of the proportions. Yes. But he's a giant in regards to humans because yes. he's yes. like fourteen feet tall. Exactly. Which and is so great. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah I, that, I. That was. That was. Yeah. Yeah, or I like Red Skull. Yeah, Red Skull. I think was pretty big uh, when he showed up. Um, I think because, that was the biggest reaction crowd yeah, wise. Because in Captain America, when the, I mean the very first Captain yeah. America, when he disappears, all you see him do is disintegrate. You right. don't see him die. Right. So uh, Red he Skull was cool. Peter Dinklage, great. Um, favorite cameo. I think Peter Dinklage would cap it. That's good. Uh, favorite, yeah, favorite I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Dinklage and 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 uh, uh, of course a nod to 95 year old Stanley. I mean yeah. driving a bus. You know, the bus, the, the field trip bus. I thought that was yeah. good. Um, but what was your other question? Favorite joke. I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm the one thing I didn't, I, I don't like about going on opening nights is there's so much fan reaction that yeah. you miss the underlying you jokes. You do miss the underlying jokes. And that was so a bummer. So I'm going to see it again on Saturday okay. in the, in the uh, matinee. So I should be much quieter. A lot of older people. Yeah. I'm taking my mom. Oh, good. Um, but my favorite joke. Was when Thor responds to Groot talking Groot. That was and, good. And uh, and Rocket looks at him and says, "You speak, I, I am Groot." And he goes, "Yeah, they offered it as an elective." <laughs> my and and I'm gonna piggyback on that. One of my favorite jokes was Steve Rogers saying, "Oh, I am Steve Rogers," and it's a, not a joke, but it's it's a joke because of everything that comes f- before that. He's only meeting Groot for the first time, right? We get the quip, obviously, from uh, uh, Thor, but it's hilarious because he's like, oh, I am Steve Rogers. It and he, and he doesn't understand kind of like when Peter Parker's that. Like, right. Oh, yeah. we're using our made-up name. Uh, yeah, I'm exactly. Spider-Man. That, that's a good, that that's a a good one, joke. too. The, yeah. the I am Steve Rogers reminded me a lot of like that 
Steve Rogers is very good about connecting with whoever he's meeting. Absolutely. Right? So, like, when he first met Peter for the first time in Civil War, he's like, uh, the Queen, are you, you from Queens? Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Bronx. He's from Bronx. from Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. And that was cool, too. Um, so yeah, there were, there were a couple of other jokes earlier in the movie that I, I, I've since forgotten, but, uh, there was some pretty funny, when, when, pretty, when pretty funny moments. something inappropriate and they'll go, Hey, yeah, they're like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Um, I think, I think they, I don't know when you want to get into, into stuff we had issues with, but one of the issues I had was actually with Groot. I actually had an issue that they made it to where he was so enamored with, the video game that well, he was did you so what video game it was yeah it was uh what uh defenders Defender. no yeah and, and that's Their great earth's mightiest defenders i get it but that he was so enamored with that like you didn't there was no jump from oh i'm so into this game and now i want to help my friends at some point you just saw him helping his friends you know what i mean so like do, do, do you see where I'm going with this? He, he was well. They, they they established him as going being a because the last time we saw him, you know, he was sort of like that rambunctious kid that just wanted to like get into the scrap. Now he's a little bit older. He's like probably you know he's, he's like being 13, a teenager. 40, yeah. teenager. He's well, he just was. like whatever, guys. Like, he just like wants to like be left alone. And so they established that. But then after that, it was like he kind of didn't have a choice. I mean, now they're like being attacked and all over and it would have been weird if he would have just sat there and been like, whatever guys, because but I'm with you, but, 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 and, and sorry to interrupt, but my issue is that like it, most of the times in the beginning of the movie, you see him playing the game and you see him playing the game when there's peril, but then like when they needed him to be in the fight, he was fighting, but you didn't see like, Okay, I'm putting this down Put willingly. Down. Put it down, but, oh, yeah. Okay, it's like, guys. like I'm, even a huff and a puff would have been guys nice. Are so lame. Like, no, I'm fighting, fine. I'm fighting against this. Oh, because right. I believe there is a moment. Okay, it's gonna be my second point. Okay, my first point is this isn't Groot. Oh yeah, this that's true. It's not Groot. So You're we're right. putting adult Groot that sacrificed what himself in the first Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Onto this person true. when it's a completely different entity. Different entity. Got okay. it. Okay. Second, we're learning the personalities of groups. Exactly. Right. Now, secondly, and obviously this, the, this, the whole group thing, it's obviously a major civilization because they taught the language to sure. as guardians. Right. Okay. The point where he does decide to join the fight is when they're, when they're at the Star Forge and they're building the, the thing and he sacrifices his limb to create the handle. Yeah, that was cool. And that's when he that sits down really the game cool and lets his hand go. Okay. And you're right. And then after that, whenever the, when they get to Earth, he's fighting. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. And 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 I actually had strangely forgotten that moment. And I thought, uh, as far as a badass moment, that was actually one of the ones. Yes. Uh, we need a handle. We need a handle. And that was that was. And pretty I think damn that cool. shows the sacrificial nature of the group of the groups. Yeah. And that they're because He'll there was another one in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we need more group. Um, sprout. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So we've talked about villains. We talked about some of the heroes. Well, so, all right. What do we want to talk about? Well, the okay. One one thing that was kind of getting to me was why the motivation behind the dude 
wanting to get all of these infinity stones. Like we know the cliches of like, yes, power, sure, controlling everything, but but I felt like they kept trying to like sort of like even the way it ended with him like looking over the valley with all that, there's like this moment of serenity. Well, that was like the people, sunset thing like, he was talking sunset, about. But yeah. yeah, but there's like there's this underlying sort of morality or sort of ethical like sort of like like need for him to like con- like have like he's got a vision of balance or some something like some higher motive for doing it that they don't really expand too much on yeah. and they and they put but but it's obviously you know the the whole movie is about you know how the lengths and uh, you know he's well, willing to go to the, well, actually, but, but I mentioned really, this. like what's his but why what brought him to that like who is why is he there in the first place trying to do this and why did they put that 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 thread of of, of sort of a higher sort of sort of yeah okay well I, I mentioned this to car yeah. to to Marshall in the car on the way back is that um and and this is how they came up his, with his nickname the Mad Titan yeah is because he's basically a population control extremist which we do have on this planet actually yeah. I just I, I li- one of the podcasts I listen to shout out to podcast here is a podcast called Cult and one of them is the Church of Euthanasia. And this was a church that had four canons. And they uh, they purposely advocated for suicide, sterilization, uh. lack of reproduction, and cannibalism. Which is a horrible business model, by the way. Absolutely. That sounds terrible. No, and they never actually practiced cannibalism. Sure, sure, but sure. they just they were so pro-population control because they felt the planet was dying. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what he's doing. He just—he was an extremist that his own t- people, the Titans, said you're mad, and that's—and he just decided he just gained control from a character perspective, from a storytelling perspective. It's kind of—it's kind of nice because what they do is they say, okay, this is what he saw, and this is what he did as he was younger, and he was looked at by his people as uh you know he was from titan he was he was mad is what he says right. and so he's the mad titan okay so he was willing to sacrifice half the population to save his people right, right. and so he takes that and he says okay well i'm going to he superimpo- obviously he's insane but he he superimposes that onto the entire universe yeah. and he says or the galaxy whatever you want to say and he says, okay, well, if all the problems on my planet were solved by this, so I can superimpose this on the rest of the universe and say, okay, well, if, where, where, if I do this... Well, they obviously weren't solved on But where was, where, 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 where no, was but the peril of the rest of the universe that he needed? See, the, the, the reason... No, why I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying, but I'm saying this is where... This is, this is his issue, and get, this is, this get, is his like mindset. Panther, the villain was... His motives were so well described, and this that, is that the by best the end, by the end. You're like Marvel villain that I told him in the car because I com- I said the exact same thing. Yeah, he's like, is he really that bad? No, like, but I the, kind but of the, agree with what thing, he's doing. The key thing you're forgetting, and is he, that I, like Killmonger. he kind of almost did that with this guy. But you're like, why is he doing? No, the best no. Marvel villain is Killmonger because even though Thanos cries and he and he has to sacrifice Gamora, spoilers, uh, and and has to do all these things. It's a mean. He sees an end game, and his end game is the same as what he did on his planet. But it's it's but obviously what you're, madness. What you're, exactly what you're forgetting is that Killmonger is sane. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thanos, Thanos is not. Thanos is insane. <laughs> and that's so, the major difference. Okay. Man. I, I did forget you, that. You don't yeah. have to understand his motivation. Yeah. He understands his motivation, which is why I think Black Panther works so well, and why he's 
why Killmonger is regarded as one of the better Marvel villains in in all three phases is because you get it. You get you get where he's coming from, right. and he's in, not in ulti- actually insane. Yeah, no, and ultimately you completely at the sympathize end, with where exactly, he's coming from. Exactly. Right. Well, you sympathize with him, whereas I empathize with with Thanos. Sure. I don't sympathize with him. No, no, he's a crazy person. Exactly. But what, <laughs> what the ultimate thing is is you cannot reason with Thanos. No, you could reason with with Killmonger because at the very end of the movie, when uh, uh, that when, moment's so yeah, beautiful, when, when T'Challa offers to save him, yeah. he says no. No, the I more don't... rational thing for me to do is sacrifice. Myself. He's like, I should die. And I think that's important. So I think they did. I think they did a decent job with it. I, I'm with you on on um, Thanos is is yeah. Thanos is interesting because until this movie, you don't see much more than uh, when you oh, see. I just him wish the- I knew more. Like when he, when, you know, when when he when he's yeah, like when he's like I didn't have a choice. He's like right. yeah, you did. It's like I I wish I knew more. Like what when you're dealing when you're I, I, dealing I get, with I get the insane thing and if like, they really like, wanted yeah, yeah but if not, they really no, wanted not us to, to go on and on about that point no, but that when you're dealing with thing. fanatics yeah. they don't have right right that end game but it's if just, they really wanted us to empathize with him then they would have given him a proper backstory to where you see him having to make the decision to kill all his people and blah 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 like they would have done that well see they I didn't do they didn't do that on purpose because. That that wouldn't we don't we don't need that from Thanos because at that at this point this he's okay. Well, I see. He's insane. I don't think yeah. he killed his own people. No, but he he was saying that he that he was the one that that said that this needed to happen. Right, but he, I, it didn't happen, and that's why he's doing it so far. Extreme. I was under the impression no, it did because what he said is when they asked, "Is this your planet?" He goes, "It was once beautiful," and he did this, right. and then they called me mad. And this is what happened because I wasn't able to impose my population control. And I guess Titan is not populated now. Okay. Exactly. I guess I misinterpreted that, but okay. Because if if he was able to do what he had planned there, then theoretically it would be a lush environment. I guess. Whereas okay. he wasn't able to impose his will and kill half the population. Therefore, they killed their own planet, and now he feels he has to save the rest he of the universe. He's crazy. Uh, oh, absolutely. Okay. He's crazy. Kind of, kind of going, you know, skip it, going to DC and Superman 2 when it's, uh, you know, <laughs> when, uh, when it's a bow, right. bow before. So. Let's let's go ahead and talk about the wholesale slaughter of half the <laughs> Avengers. Yeah, so, all right, let's get to who died and who didn't, and then we're going to wrap this up. So, let's, uh, in the beginning of the film, we have spoilers several deaths we have loki dies pretty quick we have hum Hemdall, who dies pretty quick um and then it's implied the nova Corps is killed and and yeah uh there's implications of the nova Corps, the collector and the collector which i'm not 100 percent buying that a collector is dead but right because there was a hiding. yeah there was a reality right skewing thing Obviously, it's the reality stone that he was going after <laughs> right uh but all that said uh towards the end of the film obviously we get the fact Thanos snaps his fingers and people start dying. So we've got a, a whole slew of people who who die, basically going, uh, you know, disintegrate into ash uh, right. towards the end, um, including, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision and uh, um, Vision didn't didn't disappear. No, 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 not Vision. Um, I didn't mean Vision. Um, Bucky Witch. 
and um, Black Panther, Spider Man. Right. So, so do you think that it was a, a that it was a willful intention, intentional, uh, like targeted attack that he that or no, he the, says, one, the ones he's that random. It is it, earlier when he was talking about his plan back on Titan. Um, his original plan for his own planet is that it would be random. It would target rich and poor alike. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. there's nobody that was immune. And which I which I liked about the fact that you didn't know towards the end of the film who was going to be like, oh, I don't, you know. And I think um, Tom Holland's death uh, or Spider-Man's death was actually really poignant in that because he says, oh, you know, I don't feel so well. And, uh, um, you know, Tony Stark is there and he's holding him and he's laying on the ground. And, and, and you get to see this whole kind of progression of like, I don't feel so good. Thanks for being there. There's this elongated hug. There's all this stuff going on. And I think that accentuates the fact that you're right. It's not, it, it, it could be anybody. Right. And, and what I liked about this is that, and this is something where Marvel kind of like, even though we knew there was going to be a whole bunch of death, yeah. right? The ones that they specifically chose, I think went against what everybody was expecting. Exactly. Because who are the two people that we were mostly expecting to die because of contracts? The two that make the most money right. with the contracts ending, Captain uh, America Cap and, and Iron Stark. Man. And they right. didn't die. They both survived. Right. Who's the most popular character in Marvel right now? <laughs> Black Panther and and Spider-Man. And, Spider and they're both dead. Right. Okay. And, well, dead. Well, and you again, know what I mean. Yeah. What I really hope does not happen is I hope they don't pull a Twilight. Where at the end of Breaking Dawn, this oh, big old battle. And yeah. actually, I'm not a huge fan of the Twilight movies, let alone the books. But the That's movie, good to know. The, the, well, no, the battle at the end of the the last Twilight movie was actually a pretty interesting battle to watch. It was also very good at watching power exchanges and, okay. and having the right people fighting each other. Right? I'll take your word for it. I didn't make it okay. 20 minutes. But basically what happened is you find out it was all a vision in somebody's head that a empath was pretty much putting into see this is what's going to happen if you choose to fight us well and so there was no actual repercussions to anything my concern and i'm with you on that and my concern too is what infinity stones we're working with we're working with every single one of them so right. which you know is this a reality thing is thanos really did is did did because of the battle is there some issue with thanos and the and the gauntlet is there, you know, is he, are we seeing okay. a reality through his eyes? Right. Okay, well, actually, that the, kind the, of thing. The gauntlet you know? is a very good question because right when he snaps his finger, he's like in a, in like in a matrix construct, right? right? There's like, and the gauntlet's gone right, and everything else. Right. But then when it comes back, the gauntlet is destroyed. The right. Stones are still I saw there, that. Yeah. But it's all charred. Right. So is the gauntlet. Well, the gauntlet isn't the issue. It's, uh, if the stones are intact, the gauntlet is a construct and that has, goes back to the dwarf thing. Exactly. And so the dwarves constructed this thing to be able to house the infinity stones, but the channel the power. That's the channel of the power. But does it matter? Like he has the stones. It almost seems like he absorbs the power too. Every time he gets one, it's right. like, it's where like he becomes like, but uh, only when know, he's like, wearing the gauntlet. Right. And I think the gauntlet is buffering him. Cause if you go back to guardians, if you actually touch an infinity stone, you will be destroyed, right? And so the gauntlet is a buffer between the power of the Infinity Stone and not. So, I don't know, man. I think that... Uh, honestly, I think there is an alternate... Not, I don't want to say alternate reality, but there's going to be some sort of... not, And I don't want to say rewind of time, but there's going to be some sort of reality issue going into the last one. Well, I still and, think and, that, and I hope they, do, they have to handle that really well because, for one, we already know there's a... Uh, a, a an alternate universe because that's 
where Doctor Strange comes in. I mean, right. he's all about that alternate. Well, he says know, there's 14 reality. million different timelines, and, right. and he can kind of walk and bridge between them. And then again, going back to like the DC thing, there's the whole Superman running around the planet like backwards, really fast. It's like, oh, see, it never happened. Well, we have a, like a flashpoint kind of thing. I made the yeah. Earth spin the other direction really yeah. fast, and so that's how time works now. It's uh, right. So, they, so there's. Good, I don't know. Yeah, I honestly don't think they're going to Or maybe they're just all that. dead. That would be um, awesome. I mean, they could... We're, we're or they could all whole, die, because we also lost... This whole, this conversation is assuming they're going to come back. Maybe they don't. Yeah, but think about it. We lost War Machine. That would be great. We lost... Um, yeah, we lost Rhodey. We lost... Um, there was a couple other big names that we lost that we didn't expect to lose in the end here. Um, right. Okay, what I think ultimately is going to... This is my theory. Now, uh, after having watched this and, and seen some other things is when Doctor Strange says that there's only one option, right? The only way that they win. And ultimately you find out it's because he's, he knows he's going to have to sacrifice the time stone, Yeah. right? What I think is going to happen is that all led to one specific point, and it's the post credit scene. Because what happens is the post credit scene, you see Marie Hill and um, uh, Nick Fury, Fury driving yeah. down New York when everybody started disappearing. They disappear. He gets on a pager and he messages Captain Marvel. Right. Right. Well, we already know that Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s. Oh, so there's a time jump. There is. And so what I think is going to happen in Avengers, in Captain Marvel, it's going to set up Captain Marvel. And her, because she's very OP. Yeah. Right. And she's also space bound, but she also has mystical powers, whatever. So what's going to happen is you're going to get introduced to her in the 90s. But what's going to happen is when... Fury contacts her, somehow Strange saw that the only way to win was to get to this specific time frame right. where it's going to jump back to Marvel, Captain Marvel in the 90s and start a new timeline from that point. I see. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I'm I I'm intrigued to see where they're going with it. I'm bummed that we have to wait another year to see what happens. But overall, let's, let's talk now. Um, just overall impressions where it falls in the Marvel uh, MCU. And let's get the hell out of here. Okay. Well, we really got? quick, just to follow up on the oh, the, so the whole well, no, the whole starting a new timeline yeah. is we have these deaths that happen right now of the famous of the most popular characters right now that they obviously were building for the future Spider Man and Black right, right, right. Panther. But what they can do is we can have this in our hearts for a year, and then when they go back and do the new timeline, in this new timeline, it's Steve and it's Tony okay. that sacrifices themselves, All right. and they get rid of their contracts. And we have a whole nother year. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think they did a really good job with this film. I think it was kind of not an impossible task, but a very difficult task of juggling this many characters and over, and what are we talking with? 17 movies and, and trying to bring all that. these guys in, 18 movies, uh, trying to bring. It just shows what, what Russo's great. The yeah. Russo brothers are great at. And, the, and obviously they have a vision. I can't wait to see what they do at the end, um, who they bring back, what happens, whatever. But, um, Obviously, and then and this opens up for uh, what we're going forward. I, I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, honestly, some of my favorite parts were a couple of the quips. And also, there were some really Avengers-like moments. Honestly, like when the music swells and, uh, um, you know, Thor comes in after he gets his new weapon. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a cheer moment. Wakanda was sheer. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the theater cheered when he came in. Yes. I mean, there was a couple of stand-up and cheer moments, which is is 
in the original Avengers movie, um, there was a couple of moments in that one that, um, for me, that's why I love these movies is yep. because if there's a moment where you're hooting and hollering and it's, and it's, it's a, it's a freaking movie, even if you're at home, that's important. Exactly. And, and, and they had it and they did a good job with it, I think. And incorporating some of my favorite characters, my favorite characters are the Guardians characters and they did a good job with that. So yep. that's, that's my two credits. I, I actually, I think it's interesting that they sacrificed so many of the Guardians. Yeah. And I think that. I think that I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only Guardians that survived at this point is Rocket, yeah. Nebula, and uh, right and because Mantis, Drax, and Star Lord both all all them are no, gone. Star Lord survived, and Gamora died. Star Lord. We survived. didn't even talk about Gamora's death. Yeah. No, Star Lord survived. No, he went up. Are you sure? Right. I thought he survived, and it was uh, Drax. Group. No, Star Lord went up. Are you sure? I remember thinking that I have to look. Then it's just then it's just Nebula and Rocket. Rocket and Nebula are the only ones that left, yeah. I think. That was a, yeah, well then get back to us after you see it again on Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me Groot know. went. I don't Drax went. I, 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 I honestly I feel like Star Lord went up. I want to say he survived. Okay. But I don't but I don't know. Now I'll find out on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, like you were saying, the power dynamics. I mean, to, to take that many, you know, fr- you know, characters that that in their own context of their own universe can just do whatever they want and bring them all together and somehow have a uh, you know a a, a functional well, power dynamic. You know, that's good writing. That's good. It's good planning. <laughs> well, it's also very good. I mean, the, the difference between like this and Civil War. Civil War is you had like actual teams going against each other. Right. So you had to say, okay, well, you had, you know, Iron Man on this side and you had Ant-Man on this side. You, you had to make sure they were all matched up, right? Whereas this one, it was like a series of boss battles. Right. 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 So you had That's to say, true. okay, these five characters add up to Ma and these five characters add up to Thanos. Right, and right, it's right. like It's a little I mean, numbers game. Well, exactly. Well, you had the, the, the girl uh, henchman and she was matched up with uh, the the main uh, fighter for Wakanda and Black Widow and, Black and Widow. Scarlet yeah. Witch, or Scarlet uh, Witch, and is like yeah, yeah. Other final thoughts, Dan, my friend. I'd love to see what hit the cutting room floor because that's <laughs> that's always where that where so much of the you know such a complicated story with so many different directions. That's where you know you you really see where they were you know gluing it together and then thought like this didn't work that didn't work and they sliced it out but it would be really interesting to see what it really would be some of those pieces work absolutely cool i've got nothing else except for it was really good no it was a great film so let's uh it was hot (laughs) yeah sadly we were in a theater with no air conditioning so that was pretty just like this podcast studio yeah and this studio is hot as well so thanks for tuning in the usual podcast if you have comments or questions, you can find us at usualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Find us on Twitter at Darth Pops, which is me. And Will is at Imo Griggs. Are you on Twitter, my friend? Dan? I have, I have no uh, social media footprint. Well, I can't, I can't help you there then. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and all that stuff. Um, so find us, like us, and share us. Uh, we are... Help support the show. AudibleTrial.com slash usual podcast. You can get a free audiobook on us. We also have teespring.com slash store slash usual podcast. And you can buy merch. And that goes to uh some of it goes to Children Miracle Network Hospitals. Yep. And some of it will also um help us do what we do. And lastly, but most importantly, patreon.com slash usual podcast. Uh we have a ton of tiers and ways to become an official drinking buddy and stuff like that. Um help support the show. 
give us a couple bucks and um, we'll give you stuff as well. <laughs> so, my friend, should we get out of here? Let's get out of here. Everybody have a fun. Yeah, have a fun. And we will see you all next week. Thanks, for, thanks for letting me sit here, you guys. Dude, I'm glad you were here, man. Yeah. Thanks, Dan, for being here as well. Let's get out of here. I'm out. Peace.